you got to get passionate about this thing. If the cross doesn't move you, nothing will move you. I'm offering you something that's greater than silver and gold. I'm offering you something that's greater than an increase in your pay on your job. I'm offering you a... There's no shortcuts to the glory. We've got to get past week-to-week living. We've got to multiply our prayer life. We've got to multiply our efforts. And we are willing to give. God will always give it back to us in good measure. That is pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Hey, thanks for checking out our Christian Life Church podcast. You will be hearing from one of our pastors or guest speakers, either at our Frankfurt or Lebanon campus. Prepare your hearts and your minds to receive a word from God. Thanks for listening. Enjoy and receive this message. you clap your hands to him tonight. Let's lift our voice and magnify the Lord tonight. He's worthy to be praised. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm glad you're here in the house of the Lord tonight. Glad the Lord is in the house. Excited about bringing the word of the Lord to you tonight. I'm going to be reading lengthily, so if you'd like to be seated, feel free to do so. I hope you brought your Bible and your pen or your notepad or however your your device to take notes tonight. We're going to be opening our minds to some thoughts. Uh, I want to be timely of where we are as a church and as as an assembly. And um, I want to bring you some thoughts and concepts from the scripture tonight that I believe will be beneficial to our spiritual growth. How many of you desire spiritual gifts? Desire spiritual gifts. I want to be used of the Lord in spiritual gifts. We're going to talk to you tonight. And I don't know, I'm not going to make a promise tonight. If this will turn into a series, I will let you know when I finish tonight. (laughs) You know, some things go over like a lead balloon. So we'll see how this goes over tonight and how it is received, and we will uh, make our decision from there. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 deals with spiritual gifts, and tonight I am going to begin uh, talking to you about the first spiritual gift. Everybody say that with me, the first spiritual gift. Spiritual giftings are... uh, very biblically based, and of course we've just come through the awakening, a season of prayer and fasting, and some very spiritual men have been with us that have been preaching and teaching, and tonight we are coming to talk to you about spiritual gifts and spiritual giftings, and hopefully um, I can open your mind to some uh, very practical uh, things that are connected with spiritual gifts. To begin with, let me say that spiritual gifts are not mystical. I know some of us have a very mystical view. It is not mystical, it is spiritual, but it is not mystical. 
it is it is very much within your grasp. I want you to look at look, look at your neighbor and and just tell them spiritual gifts are yours. Look at the other neighbor and tell them spiritual gifts are yours. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and I'm going to read lengthily tonight, and I'm going to take my time reading through this uh, as we begin tonight. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse number 1. Now, concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. Well, I'm just reading the King James Version. I've been in and around the church all of my life. When I was born, my dad was pastoring. I grew up on the second pew on the left side of the church. It's all I ever known. I've seen spiritual gifts operate in the church. I've seen spiritual gifts operate in prayer meetings. I've seen spiritual gifts operate in the home. I've seen spiritual gifts operate all over. I've seen ignorance in the church. I've seen ignorance in prayer meetings. I've seen ignorance in the home. The Apostle Paul said, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. You know that ye were Gentiles carried away unto these dumb idols. Now let me help you understand the scripture. The Apostle Paul is not calling anyone an idiot. What the Apostle Paul is referring to with the use of the word dumb here is an idol that is unable to speak or produce any results. An idol is just that. It was just an idol. It had no power. It had no ability. But the Apostle Paul in his, in his teaching of spiritual gifts begins by declaring that to the Corinthians, you, you're, all, you're all Gentiles, meaning they, they were not Jews. If they were not Gentile, if they were not Jew, then they were Gentiles. So they, they were Gentiles, and the Gentiles did not have the Jewish religious practices. And they were prone to idol worship and idolatry. And so the Apostle Paul addresses this as he begins to talk about spiritual gifts. He says unto them that, now remember where you came from. Remember your old life. Remember your past. He said, you, in your past, you were carried away with a lot of things, a lot of spiritual things. See, because idols were... Idols were spiritual, they were just not godly. There is a difference between spirituality and godliness. There's a lot of people we'll meet in the world that have a spiritual element about them, but they are not godly. Those who were sensitive in the spirit realm from their old life could have been moved in touch, obviously were, because there was a spiritual attachment to idols. They believed so much that idolatry 
and idols would work that they prayed unto the idols. They believed in the idols. They still do today. They still, they still do today. Idolatry is not dead today. There's still some that are caught up in idolatry, but the Apostle Paul here is reminding them of where they came from. They came from a spiritual past, but the spiritual past that they came from was not a spiritual past that was connected with Jehovah God. Their spiritual past was connected to something that, that was not of God. He calls them unspeakable or are mute idols, idols that were unable to produce or to speak. You're giving credit to something, uh, maybe some spirit realm that you have drudged up, but it is not of God. He said, you did this because you were led this way. Even as you were led. So verse 3, he then says, wherefore, I give you to understand. And I'm not going to have you ignorant. You've been misled. You've been misguided. He said, wherefore, I give to you, I give you to understand that no man speaking by the Spirit of God calleth Jesus accursed. So he's getting us all on the same page. And he said, nobody's going to curse the Lord Jesus Christ. Nobody that is speaking of the Spirit of God. So anything that comes forth in spiritual giftings is never going to be antichrist. Let me break this down for you. Let me tell you what the spirit of antichrist is. The spirit of antichrist is anything that exalts itself above God or the things of God that is antichrist it is against God it is against the way of God so he said I want you to understand that nobody that is speaking on behalf of God that the spirit that, that is speaking by the spirit of God this is this is the first element of judgment is it speaking against God, is it speaking against the principles of God. And then he goes on. He said, as a matter of fact, what he is saying here is that any man that speaks must speak of the Holy Ghost, because here's what he says, and that no man can say, everybody say nobody can say, no man can say that Jesus is the Lord, but by what? But by the Holy Ghost. Watch, watch, watch. If someone has not been filled with the Holy Ghost, he is not speaking on behalf of God. The prerequisite to being used in spiritual giftings is the individuals must be filled with the Holy Ghost. He can't even declare Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Ghost. 
This is what he's saying. I didn't say this. He is saying this. You, you can't even declare Jesus as Lord. You can't even stand up and declare Jesus as Lord if you don't have the Holy Ghost because you haven't made him Lord of your life. So spiritual giftings are out of the question. So uh, now listen, you'll be on the street talking to people. Somebody's going to run up to you and tell you, well, let me tell you what God said. And I don't rebuke them, but I know what the scripture says. God ain't talking to nobody that's not filled with the Holy Ghost because that's what the Word of God says. If they haven't been filled with the Holy Ghost, they're not, they're not, they're, God is not telling them to tell me something. Well, it just got quiet in here. Don't make me plow through a, a field of, of rocks tonight. You can't even say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Ghost. Verse 4, you're going to like this a little better. Now there are diversities of gifts. Everybody say diversities. It means there's a lot of different gifts. But it's the same spirit. So nobody can say that Jesus is Lord. There's a diversity of gifts. They're going to operate in different ways. But ain't nobody going to be able to do it without the Holy Ghost. That's what he's saying. It's the same spirit. You can't even say Jesus is Lord without the Holy Ghost. You know there's a diversity of gifts. But there's only one spirit. I've heard people come up and tell me about their path to salvation. And I could ask them, how did they know they were saved? And they can say, because I know that I know. They can make up whatever story, say a light came down out of heaven like it did Apostle Paul, knocked them down on their knees, made them turn three cartwheels. But I have a question for them. Did they speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance? Because every place in Scripture that I find that someone was filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, the Bible clearly points out that they spoke with other tongues, that they heard them speak with other tongues, or someone who had already clearly identified that they had spoke with other tongues declares they spoke with other tongues as did we in the beginning. So it's a very clear pattern. Everybody say pattern. Everything in the Bible is a pattern. You have to follow the pattern. What is the pattern in Scripture? The pattern doesn't change. The, the, the storyline changes. The means and methods change. But the, 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 the pattern remains the same. So there is a diversity of gifts, but there is one Spirit. In order to be used in the gifts of the Spirit, one must be filled with the Holy Ghost. There are Differences of administrations. Everybody say administrations. But the same Lord. Now that's not saying the same thing. There is a diversity of gifts and a diversity of administrations. Let me help you with this. There is a diversity of gifts that can operate with people from all different walks of life and all different styles. There are, there is a diversity of gifts and a and differences of administration. One may come and say, "Thus saith the Lord." Another may say the same identical thing, but not declare, "Thus saith the Lord," but be used in the same element and the same gifting of operation. Did that make sense? 
So one may come and may operate in a gift at one level that becomes very obvious to everybody while another operates in the same identical gift or a different gift and it is almost not even noticeable yet they are equally as powerful. There are differences of administration. The way the gift is administered to the body. So there's differences in how the gifts are administered to the body and within the body. And then six, verse six, and there are diversities of operations. So one here, administrations, there are, of course, there are apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers. So there is an adversity of administrations that all operate in these gifts and then there is a there is a diversity there are diversities of operations and that is the way in which they operate that gift but it is the same God which works in all we just made full circle. We're right back to the same thing. No man can even can, can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Ghost. It is the same Spirit that is working through the evangelist, that works through the pastor, that works through the prophet, that works through the teacher. It is the same gifting. And they all must fall in line with the same God. But the manifestation... Now is verse 7, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. Watch this now. Everybody say the manifestation. You know what the word manifestation means? It means, it means the, um, the obvious. If, if, if the Lord, when, when God came to earth, He manifests himself in, in flesh. He came in the form of flesh. The Lord can manifest in this room tonight. He can manifest in many different forms. I've seen people in this, it, 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 just a few weeks ago, just a few nights ago, somebody said, told me, said, Pastor, you were here on the platform, you were praying, and I saw an angel standing behind you. I, I didn't see the angel standing behind me. Others may not have seen the angel, but to them, he manifest himself on this platform, somebody else feels the, the urge and the nudge of the Holy Ghost and it, there's cold chills moves up and down their spine and they sense and they feel it is God manifesting himself in a different way. He becomes obvious to somebody. Everybody say obvious. He becomes obvious among us and so he becomes obvious. So there is a diversity of operations and then but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man. Now we're talking about the operation of the Spirit. So what becomes evident, these giftings, this diversity of giftings, this diversity of administrations, this diversity of operations, all of this is going to be manifested in different forms through different people. But it is given for the purpose it will always profit everybody. It'll profit with all. So 
the operations of the giftings that God has placed even within this church or within your individual life or your individual calling, these giftings is given to every man. Everybody say every man. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man. Everybody say every man. But the manifestation of the Spirit, the operation, the manifestation of the Spirit is given to who? To every man. Let's try this again. The manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man. Everybody say every man. Good. Let's try that again. The manifestation of the Spirit is given to who? Does that mean you? The manifestation of the Spirit is given to everybody. Wow. Mind blown. I thought it was just reserved for a select few. I thought, I thought that the gifts of the Spirit were just for a select few. Listen, just like the fruit of the Spirit. When you were born again, the fruit of the Spirit is not going to grow in you until you're born again of the water and of the Spirit. When you are filled with the Holy Ghost, the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, patience, meekness, temperance, love, all, kindness, all of that, all the, the, the gifts of the Spirit that are all, they, they begin to grow in you when you're filled with the Holy Ghost. We have no problem with that, right? We want that. We're taught that. We understand that. Now can I tell you that spiritual gifts also belong to you? Spiritual gifts are given to every man to profit the body. To profit with all. To profit with all. So now you can neglect the gift. You can ignore the gift. You can, you can hide the gift. You can refuse the gift, but it doesn't make the Bible wrong. There are gifts that are within you that are given by God himself that are intended to profit the church, and it is up to you to put those into practice. It's given to every man. Verse 8. For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom. To another, the word of knowledge. But they're both by the same Spirit. Verse 9, to another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, the gifts of healing by the same Spirit. Now, now, there must be a reason that each time that a spiritual gift is mentioned, we are reminded, but it's the same Spirit. It's given by the same Spirit, but it's the same Spirit. He keeps going back to, but it's the same Spirit. It's the same Holy Ghost. Verse 10, to another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. Now, because it said to the working of miracles and didn't say by the same Spirit, does it mean that's not the case? No. It starts out and gives us the pattern by the same Spirit. So it begins with wisdom. By the same Spirit. Faith. By the same Spirit. 
healing by the same Spirit, discerning the spirits. To another, the working of miracles. It's, it, it gets, it's, it's given by the same Spirit. To another, prophecy. To another, the discerning of spirits. To another, divers or diverse kinds of tongues. And to another, the interpretation of tongues. Verse 11. But all these, everybody say all these, worketh that one and the selfsame Spirit dividing to every man severally as he, notice, that's not capital he, as he wills. Why is that not capital he? Because it's not talking about God. He's given gifts to every man to function as the man wills to function in the operation of the Spirit. Wow. That means if I choose or I refuse, I am willing or I am not willing to allow the giftings that God has put within me to function. I refuse, I let pride get in the way, I let doubt get in the way, I let fear get in the way, I let sin get in the way. But God has given these giftings and he's placed them in the church. Every man gifted in different areas. There's different operations. There's different, everything is different. We all are going to operate different. Just, just shout back at me. We're all different. So it's going to be administered differently. It's going to govern different. Everything's going to, it's going to be a little different when it comes from different people. But it doesn't mean it's not the same spirit. So it is the same spirit. All right, we're going to go somewhere here in a few minutes. But all these worketh that one and selfsame spirit, dividing to every man severally as he will. Now we're going to talk about the first, the first gift. This is as far as we're going to get tonight. I hope I can even finish this. I just finished page one. And I got 10 pages to go. Gentry asked me if I had more than 20 minutes tonight. So what is that first gift? What is that first gift? So let's, let's look at this. For one is given by the Spirit... The word of wisdom. The word of wisdom. So let's look at that word of wisdom. Now, what is the difference between wisdom and education? Or wisdom and being smart? Or wis wisdom and understanding? So it's very simple, and I'm going to try to break this down so... 
all of us here can understand this very clearly. Education brings knowledge. I believe in education. Get the best education you can. But just because somebody can't afford a good education, had situations happen in their life where they didn't get a good education, does not mean that person is not smart. And just because somebody gets a good education does not mean that person is smart. I've met a lot of very, very dumb, educated people. So it's not one and the same. Education brings knowledge and understanding. But wisdom is a gift that is given from God and wisdom is the understanding of how to use the knowledge that you have. But wisdom is much more broad than that simple definition because wisdom teaches us to listen. Wisdom teaches us timing. Wisdom teaches us so much more than what education and knowledge could ever teach. Wisdom comes through practice and practical means. It is the education of life itself can help bring wisdom. Now many people... They want to use wisdom, and they want, to use a, they want to use wisdom like a pill to heal their immediate problem. Wisdom becomes a fix. In other words, when they get their life in a mess, when it's broken, when they've made enough poor decisions, they've made a lot of dumb mistakes in their life and they get themselves in a mess, then they want to run to somebody who has wisdom and seek counsel. And they want to use that counsel like a pill. I'm not wanting to become wise. I just want you to tell me what to do in order to right my immediate problem, and then I'll move on to the next poor choice. We use wisdom like medication. This is what keeps therapists busy. I'm not preaching against therapists. But if we're not careful, we begin to use wisdom as a crutch to get us out of this situation instead of changing who we are at the very core and allowing wisdom to come to us. Wisdom teaches proper controls, specifically connected to human nature. There's a lot of things. I've had people come and ask me, Pastor, how do you feel about this? How do you feel about that? Others come and say, what does the Bible say about this or that? And the, the subject would be too broad for me to, to get into the specifics of, of what those this and that's may be. But people come and say, Pastor, does the Bible say anything 
in opposition of this. Does the Bible say this is sin? And it may have nothing to do with whether it is not sin. The apostle said all things are lawful. Somebody needs to talk back to me a little bit tonight. All things are lawful, but what? But not all things are expedient, meaning that's not wise. You can do it, but that's a very unwise decision. It may not be sinful, but it is very unwise. And so you need wisdom operating to know the difference between what the Lord gives us freedom to be able to just exercise wisdom. Every child of God needs to establish wisdom in their life to when they may say this is not sinful, but it's also not wise. If a man comes out of a certain life, it may not be wise for him to go hang out in the same life. Well, is it sinful if that man goes back in that in and around that same life may not be, but it may not be expedient. What God delivered you from, somebody said, well, I had a bad hang-up, and I had a gambling addiction, and it got the best of me, and I had to go to therapy, and I had to get help, and I had to pray through it, and, and I got over it, and, and I'm, I'm doing so much better now, and I'm not, I'm not gambling like I was, and, and I'm not, you know, that's my, that life has changed. I put it behind me. It may not be in your best interest to go do dinner down at the casino. Well, is it sinful? No, but it may not be expedient. It may not be wise. I've eaten dinner at the casino myself, but I don't have a gambling problem. And I never had a gambling problem. And I have no intention of having a gambling problem. It's not an issue for me. It's not a problem for me. I don't deal with that. Now, if I ever got started, y'all might have to get your pastor some therapy. But it's not a problem. So it's, it's not, is it sinful to go have dinner? No, it's not sinful to go have dinner. But it's not expedient. It's not wise. It's not going to benefit you in the long run. So wisdom teaches proper controls that are beyond the realm of what you can and cannot do, beyond the realm of law. Many people want to use wisdom to heal their problem. Instead of, instead of a pill of wisdom, when we're in need, we should strive to be in daily pursuit of wisdom, which will prove valuable to you in the long run, James chapter 1, verse number 5. James chapter 1, verse number 5. Let's read this out loud. James chapter 1 and verse number 5. Are you ready? James chapter 1, verse number 5. Are you ready? If any of you, what? Lack wisdom. What do we do if we lack wisdom? Let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally and unbraideth not and it shall be given him. 
If you ask God for wisdom, he's not going to chastise you and whip you because you ask for wisdom. He's not going to hold things to your account because you ask of wisdom. And he says, see, I told you you didn't have wisdom. Not what he's going to do. He's going to give you wisdom. If you ask for wisdom, he's going to give it to you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be open. Oh, pastor, I'm not sure. I've been asking the Lord for a new house. I've been asking the Lord for a new car. That's not what the scripture is about. But if you ask him for wisdom, he's going to give it to you. If you seek him for wisdom, he will give it to you. Now, when it comes to spiritual giftings, wisdom is the first gift mentioned. This is the point of this lesson tonight. The principle of first mention is applied here. Now, if you've never heard of the principle of first mention, this is going to be noteworthy for you because you're going to want to write this down. This is very important. This is a tool for you to use when studying Scripture. The principle of first mention. The principle of first mention is a guide that we can use in studying Scripture. The law or the principle of first mention says that to understand a particular passage or a particular word or a particular doctrine, we must first find the first place in Scripture that that word or that doctrine is revealed and study it in that passage. Here's why. Because when it is given in that first, for instance, it is always given more clearly and more easily understandable. Also, the, the principle of first mention is applied when a list of things are given. And the first on that list becomes the basis by which everything else operates. Did you get that? Because if you miss that, you miss this whole lesson. So the first thing on this list is what? Wisdom. The first thing on the list is wisdom. So in this list, the principle of first mention says that all other spiritual gifts that are given will operate out of the gift of wisdom. You want the gift of tongues? First, you've got to have the gift of wisdom. You want the gift of prophecy? First, you've got to have the gift of wisdom. You want the gift of healing? First, you must have the gift. Nothing is going to flow. No spiritual gift is going to flow without the gift of wisdom. Now, if any man lacks wisdom, what does he do? Let him ask of the Lord, and he will give him wisdom. So the first thing that we should do is ask God for wisdom. Because out of wisdom, every other spiritual gift will flow. I've been around the church for a mighty long time. And I've seen spiritual giftings operate under the spirit of wisdom. 
and I have seen them operate out from under the spirit of wisdom. I have heard prophecies that I am quite sure were very unfounded. I have heard tongues and I have heard interpretation of tongues that I am quite sure were far beyond not founded, but they were not wise. And I'm not even speaking of the wisdom of men, but I'm speaking of the wisdom of God. I have heard tongues and interpretations that quotes a recent author I seriously doubt that God needed Rick Warner to be quoted to tell you what he is wanting to do in the church. I seriously doubt that God needs to tell this church, thus saith the Lord, the message Pastor Jordan preached last week was of the Lord. Doubtful. He doesn't need me to be God. So this is people that are operating, first of all, in the human realm, and secondly, without the spirit of wisdom, without the gift of wisdom. So in this text, we're dealing with a list of spiritual gifts that are given to different people, but each of them are built upon and will flow out of the gift of wisdom. Then, understanding. Somebody shouldn't attempt to prophesy if he doesn't have wisdom and understanding. If you don't understand, you may be better off of not a try. Just wait. Your time has not yet come. You want to know why? I... I am not opposed. I am not opposed to a child given a prophecy. I am not opposed to a child given a prophecy. But I will tell you this. In order for a child to give a, to give a prophecy, that child must first have wisdom or what I'm teaching tonight is false. So that child must have, have wisdom. That's why we don't hear a lot of children prophesying. And when a child does speak a word of prophecy, it is grounded and founded firmly on the word of God, then I know that is right. But if they begin to found it on human reasoning, I know that the child has a great desire to be used of God, but does not understand the operation of gifts. Now, I don't chastise, and I don't correct hard, and I'm kind and sweet and love on them, tell them to keep praying, keep trusting God. I'll take that I'll take that prophecy any day they want to give it and I will encourage them and affirm them to keep praying and keep seeking God. I'm not in the business of trying to hurt people, but I am in the business of trying to develop people. And that's what the church needs to do. That's why I teach a Bible study such as tonight because we need to understand. We just came through the awakening. A lot of prophecies, a lot of things happen. And if we're not careful, we'll get caught up in and misunderstand. So to begin with, let's seek wisdom. And understanding. And then the gift of faith. 
and needing the gift of healing. Is this in numerical order? All I know is, is without wisdom, that is the, the principle of first mention. But then faith, you can't have healing without faith. So faith is going to be first. And then healing. And then miracles. And then prophecy. And then discerning of spirits. And then divers, King James Version, diverse tongues. That means there's more than one kind of tongue. There is the tongue that is the initial sign of the infilling of the Holy Spirit. When you are filled with the Holy Spirit, the only way I find in Scripture that someone knew they were filled with the Holy Spirit is that they began to speak with other tongues. And then there is tongues that is given with an interpretation that is given for two purposes. It is given to the church to edify. That word means to build up or lift up the church. It comes to lift up the church or it is coming to warn. It is sent to warn the church. Only two reasons for tongues and interpretation. It's to edify or to warn. It's not to correct. I've heard so many people give messages in tongues and start correcting the church through tongues. And I'm, I'm a very kind pastor. I don't say, thus saith pastor, shut thou mouth. But tongues and interpretation is not for correction to the church. It may be for warning, but it's not correction. It's to edify. It should lift up the church or it gives a warning to the church. But before we ever get there, we must have wisdom. And then there is, there is praying with tongues. There is the tongues, that is intercessory tongues. For we pray, we don't even understand or know what we are praying, but the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit maketh intercession for us. Don't get that all confused. I've heard that taught so many false ways where they've got the Son standing at the throne before the Father and making intercession. It is the Spirit making intercession. We begin to speak with other tongues in prayer and the Spirit. We don't even know what we're praying. He, he, he is hearing. He is praying. The Holy Ghost is praying through us and we are, we are praying things we don't even know and the Holy Ghost is praying an intercessory prayer for things we don't even know we're praying for. That is praying with other I've got to move because I'm almost out of time. We've got that clock on fast forward again tonight. So diverse tongues and then interpretation of tongues. But in spite of humanity's apparent disinterest in pursuing the wisdom of God because everybody, we're, we're, here's where we are in society. Okay, We go through phases. Some of you elders will clearly know what I'm talking about. When I was a kid growing up, the only gifts that ever operated in the church that I grew up in was the gift of tongues and interpretation. There was never another kind of gift that operated in the church. As my growing up years, I'm just telling you what, I, everything else was discarded, put aside, considered hooky, spooky, whatever, and, but the gifts of tongues and interpretations could operate. I don't understand it. I, I never will understand it, but it was where we were as a time. Now we live in a day 
to where everybody wants to be a prophet. Well, it's I prophesy this, I prophesy that. I hope they are not prophesying. I am for prophecy. I am pro-prophecy. Look at your neighbor and tell them, pastor's pro-prophecy. But make sure it's of the Lord. I believe in the spiritual gifts. They need to operate in the church. I don't want anybody. Don't take what I'm teaching tonight to be a negative. We just need to make sure it's of the Spirit. And if they have wisdom, then they will prophesy and it will come to pass as the Lord has spoken. The need of wisdom is the first. Everybody wants to be, a, we're, we're at this day and age, everybody wants to be a prophet. It was a few years ago, 10, 15 years ago, everybody, everybody wanted to have a word of knowledge. They'd come up to people, tell you what your phone number is, tell you what your address is, tell you where you live. They finally figured out they were probably doing that by Facebook. A lot of people made a lot of profits out of that. Ministries went wild on television and social media. They could tell people where they're from. Then they began to be exposed with secret cameras and secret microphones and secret ways of tracking your information. And news media started exposing it. Then all of a sudden it changed. Does it make the word of God false? Absolutely not. It even means even more so we need the spirit of discernment so that we can discern what is of God and what is not of the Lord. Everything that says they're of God is not of God. That's why I'd be careful not to run after everybody that is that is that is preaching and teaching. I, I listened to a false preacher a few days ago, and as he was preaching, he started talking, and he started bragging. And started, first, he was talking about giving and how everybody needed to give, and then his subject changed to how blessed he was and that he was almost a millionaire. And I thought, boy, you just asked for money about two minutes too early for, my, for me. Do I, does that take the principle of giving and blessing away? Absolutely not. I, the, the Bible teaches the principle of blessing and giving, but he doesn't do that to make me rich. He does that to further the kingdom and to reach a harvest. So we must have wisdom. And God has a storehouse full of wisdom. If any man ask, he will give it. Our first request for spiritual giftings should be to ask the Lord for wisdom. I'm out of time. I'm going to have to come back. Next week we have a business meeting. I'm going to have to skip two weeks. You want to hear the rest of this? You're going to have to come back week after so that I can get in here and finish this lesson because I'm only, I'm just starting page four out of ten. I worked too hard to put this lesson together just to, just to, just to blow it all up here tonight. I'm going to close with this idea tonight. Proverbs chapter one, verse number seven. I'll give you time to get it on the screen. Proverbs chapter one, verse number seven. Let me pause while they're getting there. Thank God for our media team. They didn't even have my notes tonight and have stayed with us. These folks work hard, and I appreciate what they do. They help us learn. They help us understand. Proverbs chapter 1, verse number 7. 
For the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. But fools despise wisdom and instruction. Everything begins with the fear of the Lord. Now let me help you. That word fear does not mean terror. I'm not trembling at the Lord because I'm afraid of Him. But the word fear of the Lord simply means reverence and a deep respecting honor of God. Honoring God, respecting God, holding Him in awe is the beginning of knowledge. But a fool despises all of that. He despises wisdom. And he just wants to cut around the corner and shortcut it and get to the parts that he wants and leave everything else out. But this idea of the awe of God leads us to obey Him. I don't care how spiritual someone appears. The fruit of the Spirit becomes evident because you can see it and sense it about them, but the giftings of the Spirit can be faked because the only accountability is time. Was it of God or was it not of God? And so when we begin to pray, we need to ask God, give me wisdom. Let me have wisdom. First of all, let me have wisdom. I want wisdom. Before I, before I start trying to seek how that I can, God's telling me this and God's telling me that and God's speaking this. And do I believe those things? Absolutely believe it. But let me see wisdom grow in your life. You want to know how you can tell a wise man? You will never Find out that he's wise because he tells you he is. But all you got to do is watch his life. Listen to his words. Watch how he deals with authority. Watch how he treats his family. Watch how he handles his relationships. You will see wisdom, wisdom, wisdom in every area. Find that person. Get close to that person. Let a little of that wisdom rub off on you. Ask of the Lord that gives wisdom. He will give it to you liberally. I'm going to ask you to stand with me tonight. I don't want to take any more of your time. Let's pray. We're going to begin praying right now. I want you to make this your prayer throughout this week. God, give me wisdom. First of all, let me grow in wisdom. Not that I may be able to boast in wisdom, but give me wisdom so that I may be more usable in the kingdom of God. Pray that prayer with me right now. God, we love you tonight. God, we pray for your wisdom. God, let wisdom grow in us. Lord, let it develop in us. Come on, church, let's open our mouth and pray. Seek the Lord for wisdom right now. God, we need wisdom in our lives. Lord, in every facet of our lives, we want to be used of you. These are good people tonight. These are spiritual people tonight that want to be used of you. Lord, there is great things for us to accomplish. Let us grow in wisdom. Let us grow in wisdom. Let us grow in understanding, oh Lord. Let us grow in wisdom and understanding before we seek anything else. That we may be used of you powerfully.
We honor you, God. We honor you, God. We honor you, God. Thank the Lord. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise tonight. God bless you. God bless you. We thank you, Lord. God bless you tonight. Find a few people you didn't get to greet this morning.